This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Well, looking out the window today, you can almost believe that summer is on the way and the hotter weather and sunshine can react with some of the medications that you may be taking. In addition, there's also the question of sun protection. And just this week, we heard about a problem with a very popular brand of sunscreen that was being used for children. There was a recall, and there were a couple of cases where it caused a a child's skin to burn and blister. Uh, So, How do we choose sunscreen and and what's the difference with some of the so-called natural products and some of the chemical-based sunscreen? So uh, let me give you the numbers because I know people will have questions about this. And also you can ask anything you want that's related to uh, medications and pharmacy. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And I am here with the Ontario Pharmacist Association's Billy Chung. Hi, Billy. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fantastic. Sun's out. It's yeah. uh, obviously, I mean, weather's warming up. It's it's not really nice outside, but obviously things that we need to think about as, uh, as that happens as well. Okay, so let's start with medications. What medications are likely to react with uh, hot, heat and sun? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, great, great start there. I'd probably say that there's a couple of things with respect to medications and what we need to consider uh, about them with respect to heat and sun. So the first one is reaction. And then the second one is storage, and that's to make sure the medications work. So we'll talk about them uh, maybe separately. uh, But definitely there are medications out there that people will take that can cause reactions to the sun. Now, typically, if you're going to a very good pharmacist, and hopefully everybody's going to a good pharmacist, your pharmacist will warn you about it. And you will also usually see a warning label on the vial that says it may cause sun sensitivity. Um, It's not all drugs, but there are some medications that may cause different types of reactions. There's two different reactions that may happen uh, with respect to drugs. One of them is uh, a chemical reaction where the drug actually reacts with the UVA UVA rays and uh, causes something like an exaggerated sunburn uh, that can occur. Okay, um, and then there's another reaction, not as common, but can ha- happen as well, which is like an allergic reaction where the medication actually uh, is changed by the UV rays, and what happens is your body actually reacts to it like an allergy as basically something that you, sh- you shouldn't be putting on your body as well, uh, uh, putting in your body in terms of the actual medication. So there are, I pulled out a, a couple of common ones that maybe some mm. people may recognize. So uh, first example would be a, um, it's a, it's a diuretic. So people use it for blood pressure. It's a thiazide di- diuretic. It's called uh, hydrochlorothiazide, um, used for blood pressure, and in some cases people may react to it, and they may have uh, a dermatitis 
arthritis or an itch or a rash as a result of the um, the, the medication that they're taking. Okay. Oh. Now, what we, I, I do have to say, it's not everybody. So you probably have a lot of listeners with the med, that, that take the medication. If they haven't had any reaction, that's probably not a problem, right? It's when you're maybe starting on it or if you suddenly see something unusual, that's when you, you need to investigate and talk and, and, and speak to your pharmacist and your doctor and just see if it's uh, something caused like that. Um, another example would be a medication. It's a heart medication called amiodarone. Um, and uh, that medication is used to usually treat uh, abnormal heartbeats and things like that. Uh, and, and once again, they um, can cause the hives, the rashing, itching, uh, burning sensation uh, on the skin. That one can actually happen uh, in 10 to 50% of the treated people. Okay, yeah. so so that's a common side effect. A little bit more common than some of the other ones where single-digit uh, percentages that you may be seeing, right? So, uh, again, if somebody's on it and stable, then no issues, right? But it's, again, it's just something to look out for and, and be aware. The, um, the reactions uh, take place basically when the person's exposed to uh, UVA and UVB uh, rays, okay? UVB rays are what you see. It's what you can usually mm. see from a sunlight and things like that. But UVA rays actually can go through glass and things like that as well. So uh, even when you're indoors, it could be a reaction and you, you got to be aware of it. So uh, protection is usually necessary. Uh, and sometimes it may mean stopping the medication if you are having a reaction. Uh, in some cases, it may mean adjusting the dosage. In some cases, lowering the dosage may also help to prevent some of that reaction. And uh, what about uh, the time, uh, the time you take it? Yeah, so depending on what it is, so there are some medications like uh, certain types of skin creams, for example, that are applied um, that if they're applied in the evening, then and if it's a reaction that takes place on, at the surface of the skin as a result of the sun exposure, um, somebody may not have that uh, issue because they're applying at nighttime. They're not in the sun, obviously. They're in the house. Um, but if it's something during the day, then that may be uh, a concern. Not too many of those uh, are out there in terms of uh, the, the list that I was just looking at in terms of the most recent we were reactions. We were talking about Retin-A. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's fairly a cosmetic thing. Yes. Um, I've I've used Retin A both for acne and for wrinkles, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know some over the counter like cosmetic products have it, and, and it's in a less concentration. But if you get it from a dermatologist, um, it's pretty strong, and Correct. I don't know that it makes a difference if you take <laughs> if you put it on at night, you're still uh, at risk of burning. The uh, the, the chemical or the the drug in Retin A is trentanoin. Okay, and so that is something that's known to, to have that type of a, a chemical reaction, sun photosensitivity, essentially. Um, for those people, they need to apply it during the day. So it's a, a, one of the potential ways to treat that or deal with it if there is such a reaction and the person does need it for acne or, or whatnot um, is to actually apply it. And then wait about 15 to 30 minutes, right, um, after applying the drug, and then you apply the sunscreen. And when you put the broad-spectrum sunscreen on, then that may help and in some cases can prevent that. Um, if it's for cosmetic purposes, then the person will need to see if they're actually getting that reaction, if they're applying it at nighttime and so forth. But uh, if they aren't, then no worries. If they are, they can try the sunscreen during the day. If it's still, I mean, if you're having that side effect and you can't stop it in any other way, then you're going to need to change the medication. You're well, to, clearly. Yeah, that's what's going to need to happen. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Art in Buffalo. Hi, Art. Hi, how's everybody doing? Everybody's great. doing great. I have a question for the pharmacist. I'm on several prescriptions. Yep. And, you know, some, I've got the pill, uh, the daily reminder and everything, and but there's still some times where, you know, I forgot to take my prescription or okay. whatever. Yeah. Now, I heard that there's a program being started where pharmacists will fill that prescription box out for you for the week. Yeah. 
Okay. And all you have to do is come in and pick it up, and you take your daily pills. Yes. So now how would they charge for that? I mean, because obviously prescriptions cost different things. Yeah. So, and they cost different things in different <laughs> countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of things. It, 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 <laughs> let me talk a little bit about this art in terms of uh, that, that type of a service. So, And uh, depending on the pharmacy you go to, it'll vary. Um, but what you're referring to is a uh, – it's, it, it, it's called a medication manager or a compliance pack. Uh, and basically what it is is that it's uh, bubble packages that uh, are in a card usually. Um, uh-huh. And the card is broken up by morning, noon, uh, dinner, and bedtime. And uh, what the pharmacy does is that they put the medications you need to take at each point in time. And for each day of the week, and you get basically a week supply. Some pharmacies may give you two week supply. Uh, it really varies. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a helpful tool for uh, both convenience as well as reminder to say, oh, did I take that medication at noon today right. or did right. I forget to take it? Uh, and uh, so know, sometimes I forget, <laughs> like as, as soon as I've taken it, I forget whether I've taken it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't know. Well done that. Right? So uh, that's one tool you can use. Speak to your pharmacist about it. They, uh, they can give you uh, more information about how they offer that service. Depending on the drug plan and what the, how the pharmacy does, it is a lot more work in terms of doing all that um, dispensing as well. So uh, in some cases, there may be a different type of costing. Some drug plans may pay for that as well. So it really varies. You do need to speak to your pharmacist. And that's what I wanted to know because I'm on a good health care plan that uh, gives me good prescri- prescription coverage. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know how it would tie in. Yep. Well, well, you have to call your plan and ask yeah. them if yeah. they'll cover it. Yeah. The other thing I'll, I'll let you know about is that the technology out there as well is also becoming more helpful too. So um, a lot of the pharmacies out there have apps on their smartphones. And uh, what can happen on the smartphone apps is actually you can set reminders for medication uh, basically taking. And you can say, okay, I need reminders set at this time and this time and this time. It's built in and you'll get alerts for when your medication is due and you take it at that time as well. So. Lots of different, uh, various different options and, and, and such to look into. Just speak with your pharmacist, see what there is available. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how my short-term memory is. What's the name of the program again? Which program? The compliance package one? Compliance package. Compliance, compliance package. packaging, yeah. It's in a card usually. Just yeah. let, let them know. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, good. Thanks a lot for your help. Okay, no problem, you're welcome, Art. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Billy Chung. And uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Donna in Lindsay. Hi, Donna. Hi. Hi. How Hi, are Donna. you? Hello. Um, I had a question about, it's called Bicarzolude, or it's uh, Bicarzamide, or... It's a it's a drug that you take in the morning for uh, cancer, like for the for more for um, therapy. Bicarzolude, okay. I think it's called. Okay, I can't say Do I'm familiar with that. Cancer is it drug. a chemotherapy or is it an anti nausea? What is it? It's um it's a drug to um, try to get your PSA count down. Um, and I had it's definitely a toxic drug because you have to take it out of a special package. Okay. It's called bicarzolude, I think. Okay. What's your question? I don't know if I'll answer it, but the maybe give some advice is, on the what to do. The question is, I, I wanted to know about the sun exposure and vitamin and vitamin B12 with that because I looked it up and uh, it said that you the sun exposure, you know, you shouldn't go out in the sun with it 
and also you shouldn't take vitamin B12. But I, I just wanted to ask you if you thought that was okay, yeah. like if that's right, because I, I don't know. I've always, like, he's always taken B12, and we stopped taking it because of that. So I, I don't know is, what to do. Okay, so a couple of questions for you: Is is the B12 taking as a necessary thing clinically that the, a doctor has advised um, him to take on a regular basis? Not really. No, he was just taking it for as like a, you know, energy. Vitamin. Type thing, uh-huh. okay. Um, so I would probably suggest a couple of things. If, if there it has been, an, is there was a warning around the uh, sun exposure, um, then uh, speak with the pharmacist to get clarity on what type of um, photosensitivity the medication is uh, potentially causing. So one of the things I know is that when I was looking into a lot of the sun photosensitivity um, data around what drugs causes what, a lot of them are simply just case reports. They're not necessarily broad reports on everybody being exposed to something and uh, it causing some issues. So if the concern around the medication is because of a potential for a reaction and a rash or a sunburn type, type reaction and a risk for that and he's not getting it, then mm-hmm. it's likely fine to continue on and, and you're, you're safe and, and make sure you apply sunscreen and so forth anyways as, as a protection. Um, but if there's some other reason and there's some chemical reaction between what is the exposure of the sun with the medication that may cause its effectiveness, which that is not very common. So I'm, I'm my sense is if he's not having a problem, it's probably not an issue. Um, but speak to your pharmacist about it. The B12, same idea. I'm not sure how that would react either. Um, it sounds a little bit uh, unusual, but it might be reacting to the medication, not necessarily to the, the, the sun itself. But I, again, speak to the pharmacist around that. If he doesn't need it, and uh, I would probably say while he's on this to, to see if you just hold off on that, if that's a recommendation. Um, right. and, and just make sure that the therapy is actually doing what it's doing without any interference. And as long as the energy levels are fine, then hey, continue on. Not a problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Because I just went, I didn't want to give it to him if uh, it was going to cause a problem. So I thought, well, I don't just know. Check, just just check with your pharmacist. But, uh-huh. you know, uh, frankly, if the packaging says don't take B12 and you don't have to take the B12, uh-huh. then don't. Then yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks, okay. Donna. Thanks, Bye-bye. Thanks for taking my call. Bye. Bye. Okay. I want to get into this conversation, Billy, about sunscreens. Yes. So we had this issue with banana boat sunscreens on little kids and yeah. there was a recall because there was some burning and blistering. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there are two kinds of sunscreens. One is so-called natural and one has chemicals. Yeah. So, you know, you go into the pharmacy and and usually, especially this time of year, there's there might be like four foot, eight foot sections and, and, and a ton of stuff, a ton of different names. Probably not too different than showing up at the cough and cold section. You see all these names mm-hmm. of different cough and cold medications. But in general, there's a number of different chemicals on that shelf. They're basically in different combinations made by different manufacturers. Um, so there is obviously usually value in speaking to the pharmacist to see what's best for you. Um, but generally, there's kind of, I, I would probably classify sunscreens in two different categories. One is a, a, a basically a chemical sun, a sunscreen where there's ingredients inside the sunscreen that essentially um, react when they're applied to your skin. And what they do is they absorb the UVA and UVB rays, okay? So that's how it protects and you. what are the chemicals? Well, those are long chemical names, and I'm not going to say them. Um, but uh, they are found in most of the products that you see on the shelf. And how do you know that they're in there? 
when you read, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. Um, you know they're in there because what you'll see when you look at the ingredients are a bunch of different uh, long chemical names that basically say those are, and those are the majority of cases is your sunscreen is, is the chemical ones, okay? The other ones are the barrier ones or what we would call um, uh, physical um, protection sunscreens. And those ones are basically, they're still a cream or a sunscreen lotion or whatever. They're applied to the skin, but they act in a way to reflect the sun. So the easiest example is that if you, have, uh, if you look at um, uh, some shows or movies in the past and you see people wearing, uh, surfers wearing yeah. the, the, the zinc oxide, yeah. right? It's right on their, right on their nose. Um, that is the basically the physical ones because basically it blocks it just as if it's like you're wearing clothes. You're blocking the sun itself, right? Um, they're actually making some of the newer sunscreens now, and you'll be able to look in, look at the ingredients. You'll see a zinc oxide type ingredient that's there, uh, and without any other chemical names in there. And those are typically the ones that are the barrier uh, sunscreens that are there. And I'll let you know the last, I'd probably say in the last season, I personally have used some of those, and they're actually very good because they've now designed them so that it doesn't show up as as a white coating. Um, but the protection is actually very good. And for those people that uh, I think you talked about, just people who are more sensitive, maybe thinner skin, more sensitive skin. Uh, children, uh, uh, those ones may be better for them because there's not a chemical reaction that needs to take place uh, on the skin. Less sensitivity, less risk for allergies as well uh, in in those cases. Okay, so just to uh, recap, uh, if you look on the ingredient list, you'll only see zinc oxide will be the only chemical name that you see there. Uh, Because I know, um, you know, a, a lot of people think, automatically something that's quote natural is good something with chemicals is is bad is is that a the um it's a good question right what's natural and what's not right so generally the absorption in your body on sunscreens it's it's Minimal to none. I'm not even sure if there's that much. Of being the absorbed. chemicals. Yeah, of the chemicals. I mean, it's on your skin, obviously. Um, so it's, it's the, it doesn't absorb into your bloodstream in the same yeah. way as like drugs and things like that to the same extent. So it stays fairly well on the surface and the reaction takes place on the surface. One of the reasons why we suggest people to apply sunscreen around 15 minutes to 30 minutes before they go outside is that when you apply the chemical sunscreens onto your skin, it gives it time to actually activate so that it can actually help protect you. And so does that mean with the barrier sunscreens, you don't have to do it in advance? You should still do it a little bit ahead of time, but it doesn't need the same amount of time. So the zinc oxide, titanium uh, dioxide, those are the types of ingredients that you would see as a barrier type of a sunscreen that's out there. I don't. I, I think there might be some natural stuff out there as well. I'm not sure a lot of pharmacists would necessarily suggest those types of. Um, oh, okay. So the sunscreens. whole natural thing is different. I know we're get we're getting it's... kind of dirty looks from the <laughs> producer Michelle because she's a big proponent of all things natural. But okay, I would, we, I would argue yeah. the zinc oxide is pretty natural as well. well um, yeah. But uh, it's just it, there. There is some science to this whole sun, yes. uh, the sun protection thing. There is a lot of risk to uh, to the sun. It's getting worse. We know that in the last year, the um, uh, Canadian Cancer Society came out with brand new recommendations that they've changed in terms of just protection. No longer is it the um, uh, sun protection factor being 15. They want it minimum 30 now. It's just there's so much risk, and they're seeing the increase in there that we really want to make sure people are being protected. Um, if you're using any sunscreen, the recommendation is that you look for the SPF symbol out there and the number 30 or higher. Uh, And secondly, some of the recommendations out there as well is that you look for the Canadian Dermatology recommendation because those ones are the ones that have been reviewed and tested and and so forth as well. Well, 
here's the other thing, and this is where I have some difficulty with sunscreen because it's not just you put it on. You have to put quite a lot of it on, and it's kind of messy, and then you're supposed to reapply it. And yeah. if you're in the middle of something, I mean, I'll it's put tough. sunscreen on to play tennis. I don't want the racket to fall off my hands, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to stop to reapply sunscreen. Yeah, you're exactly right. But uh, you take a look at the actual amount. It's actually – you're right. It's a lot. It's so a lot. It's supposed to be um, – Two to three tablespoons, so you're talking about 30 to 45 milliliters for kind of the average body size, along with another teaspoon, another five milliliters for the face and head and ears and and so forth. So you're talking about about 50 milliliters milliliters to actually apply. Now, if you take a look at a sunscreen container, (laughs) right, it can be 100 mils, 150 mils. You're looking at, like, you should be using half a bottle or a third of a bottle potentially um, each time you're applying to actually get properly protected, right? So it is tough. So a few other tips. Clothing, cover up, shade. There's a you know wide brim hat. There's a whole bunch of other things to do um, to help protect you as well. But definitely the uh, reapplication every two hours. If you go into water and uh, are sweating a lot, you're supposed to reapply right after that. I mean, it helps protect you during. But again, the uh, the amount is uh, actually critical. I'll even make another comment. The uh, you see the sunscreen sprays they're yes. available as well, and. Um, uh, those that was ones, my next question. <laughs> those ones are convenient. They're good because you can spray it on and, and so yes. forth. Um, but you do need to make sure that they, you're getting the proper coverage. Some people have argued, and I've, I've read some reports around this, that those sprays should really be done by spraying onto your hand and rubbing it in itself because well, it's being applied I, properly. I read that w- when you use them on children, that's how you should use them, spray them on your hand and then put it on the child. That's right. And that's also to avoid you breathing in the air particles from the sunscreen spray that you may not want to be inhaling when so, you're spraying it around. So if you're, if you're using the spray, I mean, how do you know you have, you've, you've been using enough? Hopefully you're not burning. How do you know you're using enough? I would be making sure you're applying lots of it, basically, so you're seeing the coverage and then wait 30, 40, 30 minutes, 15, 30 minutes or so, so that it's actually absorbing in and no longer wet on the skin and so forth. But uh, the, the sprays are convenient. I, I, I personally yep. recommend the actual lotions and creams just to make sure you're actually applying it and getting it right on the skin. And you talked about covering up, but they, they now have uh, clothing with SPF. You want my opinion on the clothing? Yes, yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, my opinion on the clothing is that clothing has a certain amount of sun protection factor naturally anyways because it's a barrier. It blocks, right? So um, I'm not sure what they're putting in the clothing to, to maybe add a little bit of more re- reflectivity. Um, but my suggestion or recommendation people typically is that if you're covering up and um, th- there's a way of checking how good it is from a sun protection. If you put it up to the light, you take the clothing, put it to the light, and you, if it doesn't, like you can't see through it too much, then it's pretty good at protecting you from the sun anyway. So I don't know if you necessarily have to find, you know, the sun protection factor clothing necessarily, but just generally any clothing that can help to kind of block that sun from from really con- uh, seeing your skin is kind of what you're after. So, so it may be a bit of a gimmick, the SPF clothing? Or- <laughs> it, it, there's probably some additional protection, but I'm not sure how much extra value it takes. Okay. Uh, so just to make sure everybody is uh, on board with this, so you should go through your medication and and look at the contraindications, right? Make sure that there's nothing that you have that can react with the sun. The risk for that. And not 
everything will be uh, easily seen. That's why your pharmacist is probably more helpful in this case is that that photosensitivity on medications is not something that you would always see written on every single thing in your literature and things like that and, and so forth. We're running out of time, but a final and I think important question. So we know about, we've been talking about photosensitivity on each drug, but what if you're taking multiple medications? Does that increase your possible photosensitivity and reaction? In like an additive type of effect? Um, I, I don't believe that there's an additive effect necessarily. It's each individual individual drug that could potentially have that risk that, that could do it for you. So uh, again, the combination is not necessarily at risk. It's what you're taking and whether you're actually reacting to it. Uh, and, you know, there's ways to protect yourself. In some cases, it's sunscreen. In some cases, it may be an adjustment in the dose. Okay. Uh, we're running out of time. Just anything you want to leave us with? Uh, you know what? Enjoy the weather, but definitely protect yourself. Okay. Good advice. Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.